Welcome to the Medal of Honor podcast. Here you will find stories from service members, veterans, and spouses across all branches of the military who have served anywhere from three years to three decades. This week's guest is Rear Admiral Melissa Burt who is still serving in the U.S. Coast Guard. Rear Admiral Burt assumed duties as the Judge Advocate General and Chief Counsel of the Coast Guard in April 2020. She has the privilege to lead a dedicated group of legal professionals who are responsible for the delivery of all legal services in support of the Coast Guard's missions, its units, and its people. Before promotion to flag rank in 2016, she distinguished herself in service in both legal and operational capacities. As a lawyer, she was chief of the Coast Guard's Maritime and International Law Office supporting U.S. engagement with the International Maritime Organization and providing legal advice on a variety of policies, including the law of the sea, drug and migrant interdiction, homeland security, search and rescue, pollution response, port and vessel safety-slash-security, counterterrorism, Arctic policy, and environmental protection. She was also Deputy Staff Judge Advocate for the 7th District in Miami, Florida and a military judge. For her legal expertise she was awarded the Young Military Lawyer of the Year for the Coast Guard by the American Bar Association in 1997 and the Judge Advocates Association Outstanding Career Armed Services Attorney Award in 2006. Operationally, she was Chief of Staff for the 7th Coast Guard District, responsible for oversight of Coast Guard operations in the southeastern United States and Caribbean and was also privileged to command Sector Juno and direct mission execution in the unique environment of southeastern Alaska. During the attacks of 9-11, she was the operations officer for Coast Guard Sector Los Angeles-Long Beach protecting one of the nation's most valuable ports. She previously served aboard two cutters, including as executive officer of the cutter Red Birch in Baltimore, Maryland. Rear Admiral Burt is a graduate of the Coast Guard Academy and George Washington University Law School. She has been a National Security Fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School and a Military Fellow with the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR, in New York. She has taught as an adjunct professor at George Washington University and University of Miami Law School. Rear Admiral Burt is a graduate of the Coast Guard Academy and George Washington University Law School. She has been a National Security Fellow at the Harvard Kennedy School and a Military Fellow with the Council on Foreign Relations, CFR, in New York. She has taught as an adjunct professor at George Washington University and University of Miami Law School. Her honors include the United Way American Values Award, the Joint Superior Service Medal, two Legions of Merit, and three Meritorious Service Medals. She is a life member of the Council on Foreign Relations and a Proctor in Admiralty in the United States Maritime Law Association and a Proctor in Admiralty in the United States Maritime Law Association. She is also the founder of the Women's Leadership Initiative supporting mentoring and professional development for Coast Guard women in uniform and civilians. Semper Paratus. Always ready. Welcome. My father was in the Coast Guard for about two years at the end of World War II. He's going to be 94 this summer. I didn't know anything about the Coast Guard. I didn't know anything about the military. I had never really been on a boat except like a raft in a lake. But there, he brought home a magazine one day and it had this picture of a, a woman cadet sailing and it looked really beautiful. And <laughs> It looked like fun. And since I had never sailed before or done anything like that, I was kind of intrigued. 
And he really just encouraged me to go to the Coast Guard Academy, probably in large part because he did not want to pay for school, but in in other ways, he had an affinity for the Coast Guard. And I liked what the Coast Guard did. I liked the uh, protecting the marine environment. I liked the search and rescue. There wasn't really a big law enforcement mission back then, but I, uh, I just thought the Coast Guard was a really great organization. I did not apply to the other, the other academies because I really did not see myself as a warfighter, but I, uh, I really liked the idea of being coasty, I guess you'd say. So you, you joined the Coast Guard because of the influence from your father. Where did, did law come into the, into the picture? Was that kind of... Yeah, I mean, at that point, I was probably just thinking, we'll see how the Coast Guard goes. Uh, I've been interested in other things, too. I, I'm interested in, uh, I like human factors, engineering, psychology. Like, there are a lot of fields that I find interesting. But my father is a lawyer. Um, he was a civil rights lawyer, so he was very much... Uh, he was an advocate for for people who didn't have a voice, and he uh, he really he really was passionate about uh, you know helping people and uh, making things right. And so probably that's deep in me um, as well. So I you know who knows? I probably maybe I was just meant to go in that direction anyway. I just at that time I when I was eighteen I really wasn't thinking it through, but. This is probably somewhat of a good fit, although I think I still would enjoy other fields as well. Yeah. So for me, I was very fortunate. I went to the Coast Guard Academy for my undergrad, and then I served aboard two cutters, which are Coast Guard ships. Uh, so I had two tours at sea, and then the Coast Guard sent me to law school, which I was already a lieutenant then, and it was, uh, it was a good deal, obviously. Mm-hmm. So when I graduated, I went to JAG school and became a JAG. But for other people, we, uh, we have a lot of interns, which is great. A lot of people love to intern with the Coast Guard, especially when we can take people out on boats and things, which we can't really do now. But a lot of our law students, uh, the local law students, and this year, students from all over the country have been interning with us since they're Zooming in. Mm-hmm. Um, they, uh, they'll apply uh, their last year of school, or some people are already lawyers who uh, want to have a change of pace, and they'll apply as well. Uh, so obviously, they're... Um, they're how long they're going to stay with us is contingent upon whether they uh, pass the bar. But uh, that really has not been an issue. Most uh, the people, the kind of people that we are, that we've been uh, getting are just phenomenal people. They're, they're really committed. Um, you know, they're very talented uh, lawyers and, and people. And uh, so we haven't had that problem. But yeah, you, you have to, you can't be a, a JAG without um, belonging to a bar. So um, in federal practice, whether you're in the military or working for the federal government, you just need to be a member in good standing of, of, of any bar. So it doesn't really matter. Uh, so yeah, so it doesn't really matter 
we have a variety of, of bar members. To provide legal assistance, though, in a given state where you're going to be involving yourself in state issues and state law, you would want to um, either you know, be a practitioner in that state or, or something uh, that <laughs> enables you to do that. Is that something that you find as a service member that you would end up doing? So the Coast Guard sends you, you know, you're in California and then the Coast Guard sends you to the East Coast and then something comes up within the Coast Guard realm that you would have to deal with that state, um, Florida, for example. Um, Would you then have to pursue a Florida bar because you're dealing with state issues for as a Coast Guard JAG officer? Uh, no. Um, so the only people who provide, the, sort of our main people who provide legal assistance in the Coast Guard, uh, they are civilians and that's what they do. So the legal assistance, meaning they provide uh, assistance to our people on landlord, tenant, you know, th- things like that. Um, but our, our practice is uh, primarily, uh, it's issues of international law or, you know, federal law or, you know, some, something along those lines. So we don't, uh, that's, that's not really not an issue or has not been an issue. So that, that makes me want to jump ahead to a, one of the other questions was, is what is like, what's the day in the life of a JAG officer? What does that, um, what does that look like? Um, as far as what types of law you practice, does it change when you're on a ship versus on land? So, uh, the practice of law in the Coast Guard is, is probably, completely, it's not completely different, but it can be very different than uh, the other services. Um, And that's because many of our lawyers are like me uh, in terms of like, we are, well, we're we're all line officers. We're not just JAG officers or just pilots or just ship drivers. And um, the Coast Guard operates mostly as a response organization, which means you have to uh, everybody has to know what authorities they have to do whatever they do, whether it's mm-hmm. search and rescue or law enforcement or inspecting a, a, a commercial vessel or, you know, responding to an oil spill, all of these things. Everybody has to sort of know what, what their uh, limits are and what they have authority to go do. So they tend to be pretty well integrated with lawyers all the time. Um, mm-hmm. And that was my experience uh, that was my experience uh, that, you know, if, if there was an issue, you, you could very easily, you're always sort of talking with lawyers. When we develop operations, the lawyer's always in the room. So it's really, um, yeah, I, I guess I feel like when people say, what do you do? I say, I'm, uh, I'm in the Coast Guard. I don't say I'm a JAG or, you know, whatever. I'm, I'm in the Coast Guard. And uh, depending on what your, you know, what your job is, um, as a lawyer, you, you would have different practice areas. Um, we, we rotate around. Some people are really great, uh, you know, criminal prosecutors or things like that. There are other people who are doing um, international law, uh, you know, just sort of uh, there's a variety. But in your career, you can do a number of things. We send a lot of people to get a master's in law in a, in a specific subject area um, like cyber, you know, something like that. That's becoming a, a niche area of legal practice. But um, when you're not practicing law, like some people rotate out of a legal job into something like a shipboard job or an operational job, and then you are not a lawyer as far as the Coast Guard. You know, for that period of time, you uh, get legal advice from lawyers and you're, you are a, you know, you're operating in whatever role you have. So it just, uh, I guess it has a little bit of a different feel than the other services, which are, they're very, you know, it's very distinctive if you're a JAG. Yeah, it, it is. And I, I think, 
I think, and I can't, I can speak to the army, um, but not the other branches that, and, and as a jog, jag, jog, as a jag officer, um, because you are that like voice of reason when it comes to here's your parameters, here's your legal parameters of what you can and can't do. Um, they don't necessarily take command of a particular unit um, unless it's in a uh, maybe like the JAG course uh, school or, um, or a setting like that. But the, and the same thing with, with those who are enlisted within the chaplain corps uh, in the Army is that um, as, a, as a religious affairs specialist, you can't function as a unit first sergeant or sergeant major because similarly, you, your role is a neutral party, a neutral person. And there are certain things that because of con confidentiality, we uh, can't uh, disclose. So mm. if I'm going to, if I want to have that leadership opportunity, you can, I mean, you can be a leader within that field, but to have that overarching army leadership position like first sergeant or equal opportunity or an instructor um you have to know that your parameters look a little different um it was like that for me when i was an instructor is that i that my religious affairs nco was still my uh, my mos my job mm -hmm. but i was functioning as an instructor so that confidentiality during that time of instructing is that student instructor relationship so that confidentiality does not exist in those those parameters because of the relationship we have as student and instructor. Is that kind of what you're saying? So, uh, so we out? have we have lawyers who are uh, in command of, of a, like a legal. Um, we have a legal services command uh, that's a command job, mm -hmm. um, and then we have lawyers who are uh, you know managing a, a staff. Um, in which case they're. They're kind of, uh, in some ways, it's it's a little like that, where they're guiding uh, the lawyers and the legal practice. They're, they're the staff judge advocates to the um, to the the admirals and and uh, others who are seeking advice. Uh, but probably most of our folks who do have command, most of our lawyers who do have command, they have command outside of the law. So I was uh, I commanded a. a uh, based, it was an operational base. We call them sectors. I called, I uh, commanded a sector in Alaska, and I was also the uh, operations officer in uh, in Los Angeles, Long Beach, um, many moons ago. And those were not legal jobs at all. Um, but that's, uh, you know, so you have a different role. Mm -hmm. um, now you mentioned you mentioned earlier that you know some people are good. Some some people are good in one particular area over another, so that might be the area that they function in. It, in order to get um, to get promoted throughout the ranks within the Coast Guard, does it do me good to work in a in a variety of of types of law? Um, like maybe I spent X number of years in international law, and then I spent some other years in this other type of law all which is part of a job of being a JAG officer, that way you have that variety of assignments, or is it just how well you excel in what it is that you're doing? I'd say all of the above. Okay. <laughs> we have we have people who do things all different ways. We have some uh, 
you know, at this point, we're developing some intelligence law and uh, cyber law experts, and I don't think they're going to keep moving around uh, because it's just such a such an important niche practice. Uh, those those are very involved, and it takes a long time to to understand all those issues. So, um, but other people move around a lot. I moved around a lot, and also I moved back and forth to operational jobs. Some of our attorneys always do legal jobs. Some of our attorneys. Uh, we have an attorney now who's uh, going to command one of our national security cutters. Uh, he's uh, an 06, and uh, he's he's between his legal jobs, he's been a sailor, so he's going to back back to sea on one of our our newest, uh, our best, really our, our greatest uh, capacity cutters. So it really everybody has a different path, um, and some people uh, choose to stay in the law, and some people uh, like the uh, Coast Guard operations or logistics or other aspects of of uh, service. That's interesting to me, because um, it see it it sounds like it sounds like there's a little bit more of a fluid opportunity to um, work within the Coast Guard and really broaden your horizon instead of just I'm a JAG officer. This is what I'm doing for 20 years. Um, I'm going to do international law for 20 years. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But it's all going to be JAG and nothing else. Um, it seems like that's kind of the general, I mean, I, I, I know that was very, very just tunnel visioned and making that comment, but I, I guess it's not, I don't mean it as a tunnel visioned thing as much as, you know, I, you know, for, for example, if, if I were to be a lawyer, I love law. I want to be in the military. That's what I'm going to do for my career. There isn't really much of a deviation except for the types of law. That I practice, so I think that could be a, a beneficial thing when you get out the military of saying I spent 20 years in and I functioned as a lawyer, I functioned as a um, a mechanic or whatever the case may be. <laughs> Am I just rambling? I mean, or is that <laughs> no? I think I think you know it's some people really love uh, their legal practice, love being a. So I mean. A, I, I can see, like, I could have stayed in, uh, in a, you know, in a in a courtroom sort of environment. I, I enjoyed that, but I, um, I guess because I got my start sort of as a Coast Guard officer, I've sort of I, I like I like Coast Guard operations, uh, and also I think even if Coast Guard operations or uh, you know inspecting ships or any of those things are not your your uh, main thing, it really helps to inform you as an attorney, because mm -hmm. if you've sort of been been there and done that, um, then it's much easier when people are asking advice, you kind of, you know, you know what they're asking. And you, as opposed to when people ask for advice from people who've never been on a ship there, you know, it's just not, uh, I don't think it's as good in terms of I think it's harder, I guess I would say. So, yeah. you know, having having served in those capacities, you get it. Um, so, mm -hmm. absolutely, I agree. Um, that's why a lot of times I feel like those um, that the the thing that I notice within the army is that the 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 offer. Now, this is a very general, um, you know, loose but statement. But the thing that I've noticed is that in the army, the officers that seem to be the best officers were those that were enlisted prior, and yeah. it doesn't. 
it doesn't mean that the officers who come in and are just have been an officer their entire time aren't good officers, but because they were enlisted prior to, and they have that uh, experience of being at the bottom of the totem pole, um, <laughs> they can better, you know, they, they know what it's like to be on the receiving end of somebody saying, do this, do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got a different uh, personality, but um, but yeah, I, I, I can see, I can see how that would help. <laughs> we actually, we're sending, uh, which we haven't done now. Uh, we started doing last year, I guess. We're sending two, uh, enlisted people to, uh, fully funded to law school. So oh, they're, wow. yeah. So they're going to, uh, go to school while they're on active duty and then they will, uh, be, uh, direct commissioned as a uh, Lieutenant, uh, Jags. And, and whatever they can go back and forth to other yes. things but they will be uh they will be and that's that's a huge thing for us because i think uh it was a great recognition that our enlisted workforce uh they have uh, we have really talented people there and just qualified so um yeah we're pretty excited about that so they'll graduate in, in a couple of years and we'll have a, a a totally different flavor of jag yeah Although absolutely we do have a lot of prior enlisted people, though, generally, because what happens is some people are enlisted in the Marines or, or whatever, and they get out and they go to school on the GI Bill and they go to law school. And then they decide, you know what, I'd really like to do military practice. And I already have six years under my belt in the military. So a lot of our applicants are prior service, whether it's enlisted or officer. But a, a lot of people do have prior service because they want to they, they want to come back to the fold. Now I have another crazy question when it comes to positions. Um, <laughs> as, as a JAG officer, do you later or at some point in time, or have you at some point in time functioned as a judge in a, in a particular instance, like for any kind of UCMJ action or how does that, how does that work? Yes. Yeah, so I, um, I was a, uh, what do you call it? We call it a collateral duty judge. Uh, we didn't. We did not really have uh, years ago. We didn't have. We only had one full time uh, like felony judge who did the general courts. And so for the misdemeanors, uh, there were a handful of us who would basically travel around if there was a case. It had to be out of our out of where we worked, uh, not where we directly worked. And uh, we would preside over. Um, special courts and uh i did that i did that uh when i was a commander uh for a few years and that was i, I it was really exciting i loved it even though you don't get to do that many trials because the Coast Guard doesn't have that many trials but seeing things you know before that i had when i was a, a when i first became an attorney i was a prosecutor not a not a defense counsel and at that time you were sort of one or the other now we have now we have uh, a lot of full-time judges where we have several full-time judges. We also have people who are really specializing in defense or prosecution because that's just very important with, you know, the people's lives are in the, in the balance there. So uh, we've, we've developed our, our military justice practice, but back, uh, back in the day, uh, that was sort of how we did it. And I feel so lucky I had that opportunity. I actually yeah. went, I, we all go to the same, uh, the same uh, judge school and that was the armies the army jag school uh, they do a judge course yeah it's a phenomenal <laughs> course I, was I that at fort jackson no it's at uh it's in charlottesville yeah okay. but it, it's it's 
I, I would have to say that was the best education I had in my career. It's, it's put on so well. And actually, we had some international uh, international military folks, too, who uh, who came. So it was, it was phenomenal, but uh, it really helped me. And then we would meet, uh, they would have different... Uh, they would have different opportunities to ensure you were in alignment with other people. So yeah. we would have judges conferences where the, each of the services would talk about uh, how they would handle certain issues and we would get criminal law updates. And it was a, it was a great opportunity um, that I'm just like, now we have, um, we have so many people applying to be judges. Yeah. It's so funny. I was like, I just sort of, I feel like I lucked into it. Uh, mm -hmm. But now it's a very competitive uh, thing in the Coast Guard. Yeah. So I don't think, <laughs> I don't think being a judge is something that I could, I could do. I mean, there's, there's parts of me that say, I sure can. Here's the UCMJ manual. <laughs> okay. End of story, black and white. Here's the deal. But then I have these heartstrings when it comes to, um, what what made a person get to that point you know to find themselves in whatever that predicament may be that has them standing before you as a judge so there's that part of me that just you know like always wants to find out what's your why behind your what why did you find yourself in this predicament to now where you're facing ucmj action or some sort of you know legal action um that will in turn damage this career that you've been working on so I don't know if I could <laughs> fulfill that kind of position. <laughs> well, most often you're you're not uh, you're not necessarily uh, doing the sentencing or the, the the findings. Very often you're you have member you have a members which are jurors, um, mm -hmm. and you're just making sure that the process is is fair and that uh, people have people uh, have their day in court uh, that they're that no one's you know uh cutting out their rights and when you talk to the jurors you give them very clear instructions about what they can consider how they should consider uh the the uh the law um we have very that's a big part of our our job interestingly is right is is doing uh instructions to the members like how what they can and can't consider and it's that's actually a lengthy <laughs> yeah it's a lengthy process i mean if you've never sat in a trial but um but yeah i don't I didn't really feel that way. I don't know why that is. Maybe I had just been in the service so long at that point. Um, you know, once you hear all the, you hear the arguments, you hear people presenting their, 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 their cases. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I was always amazed though what uh, members would come up with because you know I'd see the, I'd see the prosecution's case, I'd see the defense case, and I'd see the defendant. And then uh, the members, uh, the, the sentencing was always like, huh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Yeah, uh, I had a little bit of experience with that, um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, not, wait, that sounded incriminating. I didn't mean it like that at all. Um, it wasn't, I promise it was not. I was not on trial for anything. I was a witness. <laughs> that's okay. I was a witness of something. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Let me rephrase that. I, I was never on trial. I did not do anything. I promise I didn't do it. See what happened? What? <laughs> but um, yeah. I, I, and I did notice that. I did notice. 
Um, I mean, having to sit down multiple times with Jag, and I almost felt like I was the one on trial, you know, because of sitting down with them and them asking so many different questions um, about, well, how about this? What about that? Um, and, I, and, and I remember looking at them and saying, can I take a break? <laughs> I mean, can I go get some water, go to the bathroom, something? And wow. they said, and they said, look, the reason why we're, and this is to your point that they said, the reason why we're asking all these questions is because we have to advise the command on what their parameters are as far as what they can and cannot do to charge somebody for something. And um, that's why we need as much information as we can so we can accurately advise the command. Hmm. So I thought, man, I feel like I'm getting interrogated almost. <laughs> and I'm not the one that did anything. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. Um, so now this is, this is kind of my favorite question. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, I say my favorite question because it's, um, you know, as we were talking earlier about, you know, I, I'm surprised I made it 24 years in the military because um, so many times I have to bite my tongue because I like <laughs> to kind of speak my mind. Um, and so it's a matter of knowing when is it okay for me to speak my mind? How do I go about doing it? And when do I need to just shut up? <laughs> um, and that's just me. Uh, but so when you, when you, um, I guess how how was it for you putting on one hat taking it off and putting on another hat when it comes to you're a defense attorney or you're a prosecutor and now you're moving to the other side of that you know courtroom or a judge or like you mentioned earlier for the coast guard you're now filling a different uh filling a different bill that's not as a uh, an attorney how do you um, balance that? How do you balance the um, the JAG officer hat or the attorney, you know, the prosecutor, prosecutor versus defense attorney? How do you balance all of that? Uh, well, I haven't been a defense attorney. Okay. <laughs> so I don't know. That that like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I had one internship where I was working with an appellate defender, but that's about it. Um, <laughs> But I don't know. It doesn't seem, it doesn't seem, uh, I mean, I guess maybe you're used to that. I mean, as an attorney and maybe as a person, I can see things from all different perspectives generally. Um, so uh, sometimes I, I uh, have a perspective that's, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll think about something completely differently than uh, other people might, mm -hmm. um, which is uh, helpful or not helpful. <laughs> <laughs> Both, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so. No, I don't. I don't mind. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't really phase me to be in, in different roles at different times. Although my my uh, inclination uh, is uh, is to just tell people what to do, which I cannot do. Um, you know, I, I mean, my you know, like when someone says, "Oh, you know, what should we do in this situation?" It's like, well, you could do this, you could do this, or you could do this, and I you know, I, I'm waiting for them to say, what should I do? <laughs> Which is terrible. Mm -hmm. So, um, cause it's not, it's not for me to decide. I can just yeah. present risks as an, as an attorney. It's not for me to decide. So, um, I just, you know, give the, Hey, this is, these are your risks. If you do this, this, or this, um, that that's really, uh, my, my role not yeah. to, uh, tell them. Yeah. And I guess that's what, that's what you're 
your thing of having to balance is, is that, man, I sure would love to tell you, dude, this is what you got to do, this right here. But then to step back and say, all I can tell you is what your options are and what they look like. Yes. Um, although I would say as a senior leader in the organization, you know, we're not that large an organization, uh, all told, uh, compared to the other services. So all of the senior leaders, I'd say we all have a voice in, um, in a lot of things that are really not in our swim lane. So I don't, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem speaking up about policies and things that I think we need to look at or, mm -hmm. yeah. See, I need to be like you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh. Coming to my, the end of my runway here in the military. So <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah. So what? So with that, let me let, let me ask you about that then. So what what is it? 30, 34 years you've been in. I you know I don't about? even know. I've been in it for a long time. Yeah, <laughs> most so of my you, adult life since okay. I was eighteen. Yeah. So we'll go like this. You've been in the military for several decades. Um, uh, I mean that's. And, and so, like you say, your your whole adult life, and you're you're in a position now where it's like, okay, I've 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 made my mark in the Coast Guard. I've enjoyed you know doing what I've done um, during my time. What's next? What does that look like? What does that transition look like? Because I know for me and many other veterans, um, that transition can be scary. Because you've spent your entire adult life in the military, in uniform, doing X, Y, and Z. And then you step out of that uniform and it's like you lose a piece of your identity. Mm. You don't lose it, but you kind of, that's kind of your thing. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I'm, uh, I still have some time, which is good. So I can uh, think things through over the next uh, year or two. But I guess uh, what what has moved me in my career is uh, is really helping people achieve their, you know, who they are, their potential. Um, I've done that with a, a lot of things with, with women, uh, women's leadership, and also just, uh, I've uh, been a guardian ad litem. I do pro bono work uh, with the family law uh, clinic here in DC. Um, but I love to just, uh, I love to see people feel empowered to achieve you know to yeah. to go oh wow the light the light goes on and they're like yeah i can do this and i i want to do this so i guess whatever i i do it it's gonna have to be uh i think it'll be organic in terms of like it'll it'll kind of come to me like oh yeah this is this is right for me but it'll probably involve advocacy and, and leadership because that's uh what i uh i enjoy so, so i don't know we'll see yeah, that kind of answered a question. Another question that I was going to ask is what is your passion and what is it that you like to advocate for? So is it uh, is your um, passion and advocacy or your desire to advocate for um, like uh, women's issues or um, minors who don't have maybe a parent in the picture? What what's your what's your passion? Like what what area or areas is your thing? Yeah, I, I guess uh, it's interesting. I, uh, I guess uh, people in general <laughs> intrigue yeah. me. Yeah. Um, so you know the women's leadership thing. It's not really women's issues. I guess it's just sort of how do you how do you have a great organization? I, I find that very interesting. Like how do you 
how do you um, make uh, something that is work uh, something more? And one of the things that I think the Coast Guard does does very well, and particularly the JAG, I have to say, and that's not mm -hmm. that's not a tribute to me. That's the mm -hmm. people who came before me. Is uh, it's a very family environment. Yeah. Uh, you feel like these are people who have your back all the time, like a firehouse kind of mm -hmm. uh, leadership model. Um, and that's uh, there's a um, there's a lot of ingredients that go into creating that. So that's uh, that's kind of what intrigues me. But um, yeah, I have a I have a place in my heart for uh, for people who I, I feel like, um, you know, need a leg up. But uh, but that said, I just uh, I like to see. I like to see see things really come together where people are excited about what they're doing and uh, and and that makes everything better. It makes the product better if you're selling, you know, whatever widgets <laughs> or it makes uh, it makes uh, your everyday uh, you know services better to whoever you're helping. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's kind of how I felt with the podcast is uh, somebody said, "Oh, is it for women veterans or women military?" I'm like, mm -hmm. "No, it's for veterans. It's for yeah. service members." And they're like, yeah, but what what population? I'm like, that is the population. Yeah. The the military and veteran population. It doesn't have to be one branch, one component. Doesn't have to be a gender or a particular job. Just people who served in uniform. Um, and and I, I the thing that I love is seeing some commonalities and issues that people have, as well as some differences. And yes. um, I, I think that's great. Um, I really do. Um, yeah. You're like, so speaking of women in leadership, uh, I heard that, you know, you're like the first woman to hold a position um, that maybe the one that you're in. Is that true? Or did somebody lie to me? Uh, I am for the Coast Guard. There have been women JAGs in uh, the other services. Um, but yeah, for the Coast Guard, I am. And that's that's uh, in, in part because we're, you know, not that big organization. But uh, yes, I am. Is that no? Is that the first female JAG officer, like period, or the first one to hold the position that you're in right now? First person in my position. So we have a lot of women uh, JAG officers, but I'm the first Judge Advocate General um, woman in uh, in the Coast Guard. So that was uh, that was the big. Uh, that was a big frou-frou to do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah no, it's awesome. a great honor because I, uh, I, it's a, I, I like to, we bring in a lot of women and they're okay. phenomenal women attorneys. And, and uh, I, uh, I think it's good for them to see that, um, you know, you can lead your career and lead your life the way you want it. And, uh, being a leader of an organization is uh, is in your grasp, and you should think about it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you you're amazing. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Have a nice day. You.